Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Thank y'all. Amen. Is okay? Okay. Amen. You got to forgive me, my voice. By the time I'm up here preaching, my voice is pretty much done. Um, but this morning, I'm not going to be as long as, as usual because, again, we have, a, we have a special service. We are baptizing uh, eight, eight men and women in the, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That excites me. Anytime, anytime we have baptisms because, um, you know, I, I imagine it excites any pastor to see uh, growing ministry and people uh, declaring and professing their, their faith and their salvation in Jesus Christ. Before we get to that, I do want to share this word with you from Acts chapter 2. And if you would, turn there with me. Acts chapter 2. We're going to be starting at verse 37. This is, uh, this is right after the apostles receive the Holy Spirit. In the upper room, uh, the disciples are, are there and they, they were told to wait for the Holy Spirit, for the arrival. And uh, <clears throat> immediately after this, they were, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. As they waited, they, their waiting wasn't done in vain. They received what was promised to them. They received the power in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and in that power... Immediately after the Apostle Peter, he goes out and he preaches a message to a crowd of people. And at the end of that message, there is a response from the people. Someone say amen to the response. They didn't, they didn't, just, they didn't just sit through the preaching and, and, and then go eat at Olive Garden or Chili's or wherever y'all go, you know. They didn't just clap their hands. They didn't just say Amen. And walk away. They didn't just do a song. And then they go home. There was, there was a genuine response from these people. And I want to I read the first part. Verse 37. It says, Now when they had heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what are we to do? What are we to do? You see that sense of urgency. That something needed to be done next. What, what's... What's the next step? I just heard this message that impacted my life, and I don't, I don't want to just take notes and then close it up and never see them again. I, I want this la- to be a lasting impact in my life. So, so what do I need to do next? Tell me. Man, what would happen if the church had that sense of urgency after a revelation from God? I was, I was reading this book <clears throat> last year, and I remember the author saying something that really resonated with me, um, so this is a book that speaks largely to, to Christian leaders and, and, and pastors specifically. And he said that one of the top fears or struggles of pastors is the feeling of not being effective. And when he said that, I was like, "Brother, you are preaching to me." One of the, I think there was four that he named. That was one. That was one of the top four. Pastors struggle with the feeling of not being effective. Leaving a Sunday morning, having preached the word from God, and wondering if anyone's even going to remember it the following week. Yeah. 
That's been one of my biggest fears since I, since I started pastoring. I thought it was just me. Praise God, it isn't. That fear of not being impactful. I want you to know, when I get up here, I'm not, I'm not trying to entertain you. I'm not, you know, pastors aren't trying to bring entertainment. We're here to, to hopefully bring conviction and bring growth over time. And, and bring a godly perspective to something that maybe you've been seeing with very human eyes. And so, so the response to a pastor, can I just say, is even more important than the message. Because we can bring the message Sunday after Sunday, but if it doesn't stick, it doesn't do anything. You're going to leave unchanged. You're going you're to come in week after week the same way, and you're going to leave the same way. And that creates a stagnant church, and that's not what we're talking about here at Newman Church. So I love this passage because I know that without a doubt there was people in the crowd that didn't receive it. They heard it, but they didn't receive it. But there was people who did. There was people who responded. And they were so eager to receive this message that they wanted to to know what needed to be done of me next. Anyone here ready for what God has for you next? I'm ready, man. I'm ready to see what God is going to do in your life next. I'm ready to see what God is going to do and, and these new families that presented here this morning. I'm ready to see what's going to happen with these, with these people that are going to be baptized and what, what God is going to do in their lives. Man, I, I'm thrilled for the next step in their faith. The response is important. So Peter tells these eager people, they ask them, okay, we, we just, we received this message. What do we need to do next? And Peter says, verse 38, he says, repent and each of you be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Amen. And with many other uh, words, he solemnly testified and kept on urging them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized. And that day were added about 3,000 souls. What a powerful testimony. So I was trying to, uh, I was trying to come up with a title for this sermon. You, you guys know I like my titles. Um, and so I was playing around with some different, different ideas. And so the first one that I thought was um, uh, Facebook official. And I thought that was super cheesy. So I was like, nah, let's not do Facebook official. And then really quickly, I, I had a thought to name it coming out. But then I... Totally just said, no, that's not a good idea in a church. <laughs> so ultimately, I, I decided to call it going public. Going public. <clears throat> so I wanted, with the title, I wanted to convey the idea of, of that, of going public with something, making something official. Were you ever uh, in a relationship with someone and you decided to end the relationship and, and the other one, one of you said, okay, are we telling people yet? Was that just me? Or was that like a thing? Man, I, I, I promise, like you guys already know, man, I, I had a girlfriend for like every year of my life before I was married. So I've been, I, I've been through a lot of those breakups. And what I learned was that it's, it's never really over until you go public with it. So you start telling people. So if you're in a relationship right now, it seems to be ending but y'all aren't telling anybody yet? Be careful. <laughs> You're not, you, it might not be over yet. <laughs> you know? I never understood that, right? About, about 
and having to, you know, telling people to make it official. I guess it's because, you know, if you decide to, to get back together later, you know, it saves you from the mess of, of explaining how y'all were broken up, but then he bought you flowers, and then he apologized, and it's all good, right? But generally speaking, the moment you tell somebody, the moment you tell your mom or your best friend or, or your cousin or, or, you know, your, your other crush, right? Uh, let's be Christian. Let's be Christian. The moment you tell somebody it's over, it, it's usually over because you go public with it. And going public with something, it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. And, and sometimes it's scary because you don't know how the public is going to react to your very personal situation. Amen? Maybe you have yet to start, or maybe you've yet to tell people that you're starting a business. Because if you fail, it's easier to fail in silence than it is to fail in public. So you don't want to put yourself out there. Maybe you haven't told anybody in your household that you started to come to church because you already know what they're going to say. They're going to start to look at you more critically, waiting for you to fall. Or maybe if you go public about something, you know that, that you're going to get a lot of unwanted opinions and you're going to get a lot of haters And so it's scary. And so a lot of times we just don't say anything. We don't make it public. But sometimes what I would say is going public with something is necessary. It's a necessary step to actually committing to it. You need need to write that down, man. If you're taking notes, struggling with something, with actually committing to something, and you've been telling yourself every day in your head, you're going to start, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, go public with it. That'll help you out. Because people are going to hold you accountable to it. I want you to understand something. Baptisms in Peter's day, in, in Peter's culture, it was dangerous. We have the freedom to do it right now without having to worry about anything. But in Peter's day, that was a dangerous thing to do. You can get persecuted. You can get, you can get thrown in jail for that. And so Peter telling people to repent, okay, I can repent. I can, I can do that. I can say that prayer of salvation. No problem. I can raise my hand when, when the pastor asks if I want to accept Jesus. To be fair, anyone can do that. Now, that does not diminish the power that, that it has over a person's life who generally accepts Jesus Christ. But, but you can say a prayer of salvation and not mean a single thing. Saying something to yourself is not the hard part. Melissa always tells me in the morning, she tells me, I was going to wake up at 5 a.m., but I was, I was too sleepy. She never tells me that she's planning on waking up at 5 a.m. because she knows I'll, I'll probably wake her up. Right? Or, or if, if she tells me and then she goes past 5 a.m., she knows that when she wakes up, I'll be looking at her like, you know what I'm saying? So she just she says it to herself. We do this. I do this as well. You know, for the, uh, I've, been, I've, been trying to, I've been trying to write a book for the past, like, five years. And I don't tell people this because I know if I start telling people, they're going to ask me, how's the book coming? And it's not. <laughs> it's not coming. But, but it's easy to say something to yourself, right? It's easy to, to write your goals in your, in your journal, in your personal journal that no one else sees, Because you don't have to worry about other people holding you to it or criticizing you when you don't meet your goals. So, so, you know, in Peter's day, I bet you there were some people there 
who, when he said, repent, oh, I can do that. I can repent. I can say that prayer. I can, I can, I can, I can raise my hand and say, I'm going to accept Jesus. But then Peter, he doesn't just stop there. He says, repent and then get baptized. Now he's asking me to come out of my comfort zone. I was telling me to, to go public with it. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to go public because then it's official to the world. People are going to ask me questions. And then when I'm having really, really unchristian days, they're going to be like, how's, how's that church coming? How's that, church, that Jesus thing going? And they're going to do it with very judgy eyes. How's, how's, that, how's that Christianity going for you? I thought you were a Christian. Why are you, why are you talking like that? So I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to make public yet because I don't want to be held accountable. Being baptized—that's that's a little too, too public for me. Now, this isn't to say that that the baptism itself does the cleansing work, right? It doesn't. It's simply it's simply a a symbol of what has already occurred in in the believer's life. That's what it is. But but back in these days. If you didn't really receive Jesus, you're not going to want to be baptized. Because being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that meant you were publicly associating with uh, yourself with a man who believed himself to be God, and that was the very thing that got him killed. Why would you go public with something you didn't really believe if you also knew that it was going to come with extreme persecution? Amen. I bet you there was people that day in the crowd that they were, man, they were ready to superficially accept Jesus. I bet you Peter made it sound real, real good. You want to accept Jesus? Yes. Yes, sign me up. That sounds great. Okay, repent and be baptized. Make it public. I want to, I want to see if you're, if you're all talk. And when he said that, I bet people, I bet people walked away. I bet people, again, I bet they were ready to superficially accept Jesus, but he said, be baptized. Ah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really ready. I read this quote in our, in our baptism class. We had a baptism class this past week as we were getting ready for, for today. Um, and I, I want to read the quote. It's from uh, the late Stanley Horton. He was an you know, awesome Pentecostal theologian and scholar. And he says, he says, a major reason New Testament believers were baptized almost immediately upon conversion is because in a world that was hostile to the Christian faith, it was important that new believers take their stand with the disciples of Christ and become immediately involved in the total life of the Christian community. So to the early church, baptism, it was, a, it, it was, a, it was kind of a, a way to initiate a new believer into the, into the Christian faith. And it came with that risk of, of being persecuted and, and, and imprisoned and even killed. I was reading this article uh, from, from this missionary. He was a, he's a pastor in Iran. And he was performing 20 baptisms. And that says something if you're doing that in Iran. Iran is not very welcoming to Christians. And so he said that you know, he, was, he was baptizing 20 uh, new believers and and even though it's a very public ceremony, they had to find ways to be very discreet about it at the same time. But the way that, that the pastor spoke about it, and reading how grateful the men and women who were being baptized that day, man, it, it really made me think 
This is something that we have taken for granted in, in the American church. We really, we, we really need to do a, a better job of encouraging people to be baptized. If you've accepted Jesus, if you've said that prayer of salvation with a sincere heart and you've repented of your sins, make it public. Let, let, the world, let the world know that you are in a new relationship. You've decided to follow Jesus and you're not going back. Amen. Amen. And today we have, we've got some men and women that are ready to do that. If you're in here, I'm going to ask. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you guys. Y'all can go get uh, ready. And I'm going to prepare you. The water is cold. <laughs> we were so worried this week, man. We were so worried, like, uh, trying to, because our, we needed a new water heater. And, and we bought a new water heater, but we were still having some issues with it. So it wasn't, it wasn't working. And I remember last year, uh, we, were, we did baptism, baptism on a day where it was, it was really cold outside, and we had found out the, you know, the water wasn't warming, so we had to like boil water in the fellowship hall and dump it over here. And I, so I, I was like, man, I, I would like to make, I would like to have people not freeze, right? Um, but then, then I, I was telling Pastor Brandon, I was like, man, you know what? Let them freeze, man. <laughs> I'm the one going to be in there longer. Uh, but, 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 I was, but I was telling him, I was telling him, I saw, this, I saw this video of this pastor. I can't remember where it was, but he was taking, he was taking uh, some, of, some of his congregants, people that wanted to be baptized, he was taking them to a, to a river or to a lake, and the lake was frozen over. It, it literally showed him there with like a sledgehammer beating the ice. Beating the ice. And they were ready to go, ready to be baptized. We're over here trying to make a jacuzzi. <laughs> but, church, this, this message, um, it's not just about being baptized. I know that's kind of the theme today, but it's more than that. This is about making a physical response to a spiritual commitment. We'll say that again. This is about making a physical response to a spiritual commitment. What have you said yes to that you have not yet shown to God? As I was preparing this this message, I started to think about Noah. God tells Noah what is about to befall humanity. This tragic, apocalyptic event where he's going to wipe out everything that is evil, everyone that is evil. He's going to spare Noah and his family for their righteousness. Noah, he doesn't just say, okay, God, I'll do it, and never gets to it. He responds with action. Remember, talking about the response earlier, you want to respond with action. He doesn't just say, he he doesn't just make the commitment. He shows it. So he begins to build his boat. He makes his calling public. And I I know that he's mocked for it. I know that he's laughed at. And maybe he had every reason to be afraid to go public, but he did it anyways. And maybe you're here this morning and you have made a commitment to God. You've said yes to his word. You have said yes to his calling, to his promise, to his commission over your life. But you have yet to build your boat yet. You haven't even started. Because the moment that you start, people are going to ask you, what you doing? What you building? Is that a boat? 
You're building a boat? For what? You you don't even want to think about telling them the reason. That's a whole other story. Imagine Noah. God said it's going to rain like really, really hard. Noah probably sounded crazy to everybody. But it's one thing to believe what God has said, and it's another thing to let everyone else know that you believe it as well. Come on. Come on. It's easy to be a Christian in private. It's easy to be a Christian in the church when everyone else shares your beliefs. What about when you're outside and your your views are unpopular? What are you going to do? I'm I'm getting ready to close out the worship team come up. But today, I I just want to make a special challenge to, to you here this morning or if you're watching online. Maybe you've said yes to God, but you've not yet made it public. You've not started building your boat. It was something that you think about every day, and every day you say, you know, one day, one day, one day, one day. You know what happens when you say one day? That, that day never comes. Never comes. Because today will never be one day. And God has been pressing something in your life, and, and maybe you're too afraid to start building because, man, you, you don't want people to start asking you questions. You don't want people to start holding you accountable to what, you're, what you actually said that you were going to do. But I, I want to let you know this morning, man, God is saying, it's time to start building your boat. It's time to start showing what you've committed to me. To start to showcase what God has done in your life. No matter what people say. No matter what they think. It's time to go public in your life. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.